Folk, noise, electronics, improvisation. How can radical music help us manifest new possibilities for thinking and imagine new ways of organizing community through ritual behaviors, actions, and languages? You're listening to the Liquid Architecture Podcast. Today, Marasia and Kuya Neil talk through the crossover of influences that led them to collaborating, the practice of sampling and how that impacts genre, and their involvement in community music groups such as the House of Silky and Sound School. On Friday the 3rd of June, Marasia and Kuya Neil will play a debut back-to-back set in support of RP Boo for Liquid Architecture's Ritual Community Music Series. Exploring the depths between music, dance, and community, Marasia is well regarded as an artist and community leader. Kuya Neil is a heavyweight of Melbourne's underground hip-hop scene, whose production style blurs the lines of contemporary club and electronic music. I'm Kuya Neil. I'm a music producer and DJ working out of Nam. I'm Marasia and I'm a producer, DJ, performer. We've been collaborating for a minute. Yeah, we've kind of had like discussions over the past few months, just chatting online and like working on tracks together. And I think we're kind of reaching a point now where those tracks are going to be finished soon and hopefully release soon. But it's been like a collaboration that's kind of been in the works for a while. I think we both have some like similar musical interests and intersect community-wise. And so we've both like worked with a few of the same people. So yeah, I do think stylistically we have like our own sound, but I think it does like match really well together. Yeah. I think we both have like a shared musical influences. We both kind of connected over like wanting to sample similar types of music and being influenced by like a similar era I think a lot of the tracks on the next few releases are like really like taking from a lot of like mid-2000s Australian pop music and things like that and wanting to kind of incorporate those sounds influences with like more contemporary club and footwork and dance music. One of the first times we met up and we had the same like tracks like that I was like, oh, I was literally going to, we both had the same song on a tab being like, this is the vibe. Yeah, I think just like a shared appreciation for types of samples, you know, it kind of is similar across like a lot of the different kinds of dance music that we love. Yeah. For each track that we've worked on together has been a different process. Usually it's one of us will start with an idea and then send it through and then we'd add on top of it and lots of back and forths. We've had 
a couple of moments in the room together. But I feel like we get more work done because we're both so busy, mm. just like also in the midst of COVID and stuff. It hasn't always been possible, you know. I think like during that lockdown, that was a time where we're all inside. So we were kind of able to really just put our minds to like music projects. I felt like we got a lot done in that time. And, you know, like Mary said, we have like some shared collaborators. So we've kind of worked on tracks with other artists as well. So I think it'll be cool like to play together for the first time and kind of translate some of that crossover that we have in a lot of our own music practice. Yeah, hopefully get to play some of the tracks as well that we're working on. live moment together i think it's going to be pretty loose we're going to get together and you know plan a little bit for the set i think but like mary said it's been a really busy time so i think we're really just going to probably trust our instincts on the night you know we trust each other's taste and i think we're just going to have fun with it and for me personally i'm just like excited to play with rp boo you know so happy to be there (laughs) same 100 percent. yeah a lot in the moment because like I feel like when you're DJing as well like music's constantly coming out or you just like remind yourself of an old track and it's like you know like Mm. even on the day I'm like no no I have to play this today it's the nature of like back-to-backs I think you know what I mean you kind of go in and you just let it happen and what happens happens on the night (laughs) yeah I think for me like I definitely feed off energy that goes like within Borum and also at the club and if I see like community especially if I'm gonna like play a heart track or like a Borum track and like seeing people respond through movement and like understanding the language of the music that's been played that definitely like I'm like okay I need to lean in here you know so I feel like that audience response through movement or just energy or like audible like responses helps me direct where the audience sits and what I should be playing. Yeah, similar for me. I think definitely responding to the audience. And also I think wanting to kind of expose people to like different genres or like maybe a bit of the history in terms of like a lot of the contemporary club styles, which do come from like regional dance styles, you know, particularly Mm -hmm. like Baltimore Club, Jersey Club, Ballroom House, Chicago Footwork Music. I think sometimes that music can be really taken out of its context. And obviously we're in that context of taking it out of its context, being here in so-called Australia. But I think wanting to like take it back to those roots and really like share music that's like region specific and kind of yeah, pay homage and respect to like the history. Period. I'm in business, I won't settle for anything which is crazy More than a lady, for my eyes, I'm so shady Around the world, I invoke it With a man, let him stroke it Fry the chicken on the stove, get all in your nose I smell it, taste the rainbow You know it's never the same, though, fuck it I don't give a fuck, bitch I'm here and I'm ready to dump it All of it, all over the floor now Get ready, it's a showdown Let's get a bitch to feel the her cat Pussycat dramatic attack Oh! Oh, 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 oh,
House of Silky is a ballroom house within the Australian ballroom culture. There's about 13 or so members. We were founded by myself, Father Xander and Kelly Amazon in 2018. The scene is really fresh. We're one of the first houses to come into the scene. And basically ballroom is a culture which originated in like 50s, 60s. So that culture really was created by Black and Latinx, trans women, gay men, the LGBT. And basically it's an art form that incorporates different categories which um, align with the queer experience and it um, uses performance, commentating, music, So as well as performing and training with the house and preparing for balls and all that, we also like guide each other through life. And my role is um, more prominently becoming DJing and producing and being the sound of the ballroom scene down here. So Sound School is just a community collective that started in 2017, basically started off just running a bunch of free electronic music programs out of Footscray, out of a, it was like an abandoned pool hall called Hot Shots that used to be occupied by a bunch of like punks. And then the council let them use the space for a bit. So we used to run programs there. It was led by an artist called Bridget Chappelle. He performs his hex tape. And we've been just running free music programs since then, pretty much. Some council supported, some of them just like self-funded and led and run by volunteers. So basically the aim is really just kind of upskilling and skill sharing for in electronic music. We like a focus on, I guess, more like marginalized artists and like underrepresented artists and trying to move away from kind of institutional knowledge and more like on the ground level skill sharing and resource sharing as well. So due to lockdown, there's been like a bit of a pause, but we're kind of coming out of that now and like have some planned programs in the city at Art Centre Melbourne, hopefully at the end of this year, and also a gear library that's opening up in Coburg, which will offer like free rental of synthesizers and electronic music equipment and things like that. Yes, that's kind of like what we do in sound school. And then I'm also sort of doing, you know, music workshops and things like that on the side as well, just as my own thing. And I always just try to keep them free and accessible for people. I've always been really interested in like the underground space and the DIY space, first and foremost, you know, I think that's where the most interesting work happens, in my opinion. So it's always been something that I've felt really like passionate about. And I think naturally through that, that's kind of led a lot of the collaborations that I do with different artists and the approach that I take to working. Yeah, same here. I think, yeah, just from like lived experience as well, like having some side mentors, but not really having like many mentors throughout my learnings has made me be like, no, like I would love to impart what I know throughout my own experience and like little fast tracks for people. And yeah, I think it's knowledge share gives so much because like, even if someone is less experienced, there's still a lot they can teach you. And it's like a two-way street. And I heard something like when you teach or like mentor that's when you start to master your craft and I think that's like a big part of it too is like if I can like put into words or like show someone something then I can like master that. 
part of me is like no labels or like when people are like, what do you play? And because I don't necessarily like play one genre and I really appreciate switching it up and like having an unexpected moment, being like, oh, like I wouldn't think to mix that with that. So restrictive maybe for like DJing, but I think for research, like you mentioned, it can help find the, yeah, the roots and the history of where certain sounds come from and where that's developed to. I think it helps in that way. For the purpose of kind of tracing things back and making sure that they're not like decontextualized, I think is really important. In terms of like the future of music, I think it's with the internet and with kind of the access that we have to so much like archive music and history, you know, I think these things naturally evolve and maybe they become less region specific. I guess you're thinking about like a pre-internet time where maybe music wasn't circulated so globally and wasn't so accessible so globally. So regional sounds had more time to kind of build and kind of they're in their own sort of world, you know? So I'm like really interested in that, you know, and kind of how does that kind of transform over time? Even like recently I like hit up DJ Tamil, who's like a Jersey club legend. And I just like, how do I get hold of all of your mixes from like, 2003 or whatever onward you know and he's like they're on flash drives that I sell you know and like they're not on the popular major streaming platforms and like I think as that music kind of gets traced back I think it's like interesting to see how that kind of seeps into like the current forms of music you know things that aren't on the big platforms now things that are still kind of locked away or like kept pretty tight within those communities. A hundred percent. I was actually watching a old like 90s ballroom tape of Andre Mizrahi and every track that was being played in the Vogue performance category, which was new way at the time before Vogue Femme, which is what we see today. I was like, wow, where is this mix? I haven't heard any of these ballroom tracks. Like this is definitely of its era and like to like trace those sounds yeah, it's a huge, like, privilege, you know, to be able to, like, access it. It's like you're not from that time, you're not from that kind of context, but you're, like, a fan of the music, you know. Mm. So I think, yeah, how we treat that as well, you know. You're trying to pay respect but also be open to the context that we're working in where things are, like, changing and we're, like, getting so much information from yeah. all over, you know, so many influences. Everything's kind of crossing over and blending. I couldn't name the genre of our tracks, like, mm. because it's got influence from a lot of different yeah. things. Like the way that music's produced now on computers as well, like, lends itself to that so much more easily. Like, you can get those sounds, those classic drum breaks or, like, the samples that they use in those OG ballroom tracks and... Now we know where the samples come from because it's websites that track that. Take a break, you gon' miss this. I don't see the competition. Kick back with all of my sisters, then I will storm the ball because I'm vicious. Take a break, you gon' miss this. I don't see the competition. Kick back with all of my sisters, then I will storm the ball because I'm vicious. Vicious. I'm vicious, vicious. I think it's just whatever, like, is fascinating me at the time. And then I'll just like dive deep into that. And then it's the next thing. <laughs> and then the next like little rabbit hole. I think I'm really led by sampling. And I think I've always like really appreciated a lot of these like dance styles because of the freedom in sampling. And mm. there's not really like a kind of set style 
what's that type of music that people take from? Like, it's not like it's only jazz or something, you know, like they'll take from YouTube videos or like little vocal snippets from social media or like pop music, you know? So I kind of try to treat it in the same way of that. Like I want the sample sources to feel relevant to me, even if sonically maybe it'd be cooler to sample some jazz record, but that's not really my (laughs) background. You know what I mean? So Mm. like, I'll sample Mean Girl soundtrack or something. You know what I mean? Like something that feels a little bit more relevant to me and actually part of my context growing up, you know, Filipino music or something, you know? So I think that guides me a lot, like in my process of music. And then, yeah, I guess what I'm listening to just kind of naturally seeps in. So if I'm listening to a lot of a genre, that tempo and cadence will kind of find its way in. Music is so evocative of like emotion and like, reminiscing or nostalgia and things like that so it's like I want to recreate the best feelings I've had like in a club or on a dance floor where it's like oh my god like Mm. this sample (laughs) shit like I forgot about that and like having those feelings and like different emotions as well I think that kind of leads it like some samples social media stuff can just be like a gag and just Mm. like hilarious to like add on top of this (laughs) this gorgeous melody or something you know and it's just like unexpected and it brings emotions because it's like relevant to your experience yeah I like that element of it it's like doesn't always have to be serious and treated in a kind of like this is my art kind of way like obviously we care about what we do but you know like some of my favorite like footwork tracks and stuff to sample like dumb memes you know on YouTube and it's nice to feel like the producer is kind of sharing a bit of their humor or like their personality, you know, with the listener and kind of freeing up what can work as a track, you know what I mean? And like really recontextualizing. I think it's like also important, you know, obviously not to like just take freely without any kind of consideration. I think there's always going to be room to be critical with that, you know what I mean? Or like not trying to be misleading about where you're from or where you're coming from with Mm. like your work. So I think there's always like, risk or something with that and I think to not take too much license but yeah it's a hard one because I think everything is so accessible it may be even impossible at times to like toe in terms of like getting into appropriation and all those kinds of Mm. issues with music because we just have so much freedom you know what I mean just from a click of a button I can get any sound I want off the internet and make it mine you know or claim it to be mine and I think that also comes from when Neil was talking about pulling from the roots and understanding that and having the research and history behind the music that you're creating so that it comes from a place of understanding and a community you're part of and mm. like you understand the language of that music because I think sometimes I hear like you know a crash sample just like thrown in there and I'm like wait that doesn't hit because like maybe they don't understand like a crash in a forum track is the end of a sentence, you know? So like the music needs to create that sentence to then be like, period. It's interesting to see where we go. Cause I think Mary was speaking about kind of like nostalgia. And I think that's just like culturally where we're at. Like, I think we're kind of stuck in that, you know, in a way, like that's maybe only the company thing in the time that we're living in, you know, or something where this sort of return to a kind of tradition or something, you know, I think we're seeing that globally, not even just in music. So I think I'm always sometimes interested in like, oh, where do things go? Like at what point do the kind of forms that we kind of hold as sort of sacred begin to change and shift, you know? So I'm interested in kind of as well, like where can we go with creating our own context for the music that we're in? Like I think 
we're in a pretty an interesting time where especially for ballroom i guess it's like the community here is growing the visibility of it is growing in a big way that will naturally create its own kind of sound and identity and forms that may begin to deviate from its roots. We've got a uh, Kylie Minogue little sample in there. Kylie, we've got um, Regurgitator. The Veronica's. Veronica's. Yeah, you know, a lot of stuff from that era, I feel. And I think it's also, like, cool to be able to sort of understand that even those sounds which are maybe outside of the genres that we work in, we tend to maybe take, well, at least me, a lot of influence from the US and uh, Europe and stuff, like, stuff that's actually here from artists, you know, from the 90s or 2000s that kind of subconsciously seeped into my brain. Like I kind of, when I look back, I'm like, oh, wait, I actually did watch a lot of Rage and like listen to watch video hits and listen to Australian radio as a kid. Among all the other American music that I was consuming, I just didn't really know that it was from here, you know, and then I kind of listen, I'm like, oh, wait, they were from Melbourne. (laughs) Like, yeah. Asia and Kuya Nil will be playing on Friday the 3rd of June at Miscellanea on Wurundjeri Woiwurrung Country. You can find tickets at the link in our show notes. This podcast was produced by Mara Schretweger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognise that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organisation for artists working with sound and listening. You can support our podcast and online journal disclaimer through a Patreon subscription for as little as $5 a month. Find the link in our show notes. (laughs) 